Hello, and welcome to a very different kind of podcast. We have started a new series called That's Why They Were Bollocks. And as, as the name sort of suggests, this isn't going to be your quality geezers. This is, this is the opposite of that. This is the geezers, not even geezers really. These are the people who are just just complete bollocks. They 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 haven't made some of some of the things you've loved the most. And they might have their good points, but overall, when we think of them, we just think they're utter bollocks. Um, and yeah, this is going to be a much more shorter form of a uh, podcast. Uh, we're not going to go into as much detail on the on these people. Because, because they, they frankly don't deserve it. Anyway, joined with me today is Mr. Paddy Stanton. How are you doing today, Gage? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be here today, Lou. Um, now, obviously, we've talked about quality geezers, um, that being Trap Call Quest, and we'll continue in the future to talk about quality geezers. But for the time being, for this little um, this little tidbit today, we'll talk about the uh, the bottom of society in terms of entertainment, I think. Um, and what better way to start than with a man um, they call Vince Russo? Vince Russo. No. So who is Vince Russo? Well, some would say Vince Russo is a genius. Some would say he's a mastermind. Some would say he's he's had um, an insane yeah. impact on professional wrestling. But those people, those people are pretty dumb, I would say. And uh, probably yeah. not a large number of people would would, would say on that. Now, Vince Russo, if you don't know, um, he was the head booker, writer uh, of WWF, WWE, uh, in the mid to late 90s. He's, yeah. Former WWE world champion. Well, former WCW world champion. I don't think Vince McMahon would... uh, would, would put the title on uh, on Vince Russo. On, only the, the masterminds of WCW would let that happen, that being himself. Now, what's your, uh, you know, because a lot of people have it, he's quite a polarising figure in the professional wrestling industry, Vince Russo. What are your sort of thoughts on him? What what, what are you, because there's, there's, there's two different stances, very different stances on Vince Russo. One is that, you know, he, 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 he did impact the uh, the attitude there. He was one of the driving forces behind it. You know, he led to like the biggest boom in wrestling history. But um, I think a lot of people th- would agree that he did a lot worse than, than good. Where do you stand on, on Vince Russo? Well, it's interesting the way you introduced him by first saying that some people think that oh, he's a genius. And I can understand that because there is part of him that is a little bit of there is part of him that's a little bit of a genius. I mean, he, he did do some things incredibly right. I mean, the fact like everyone having a storyline and the way he wrote like wrestling shows, like there were TV shows with like callbacks and things like that. Right. Now, some of that was actually uh, really good. But so he, there's some good points to it. But the, the bad, the bad does definitely out, outweigh the good. So getting back to Vince Russo, so the reason we chose him as the first person on that to cover on that's why they were bollocks is mm. just he is probably the most slated person in in pro wrestling history. Got to be one of them, you know. Anyway, uh, but he's he's still somehow managed even to this day. He's managed to fool so many people, and he's managed to have a career even 
even now, even when he's not booking, he's got a podcast, he's got this, he's got that. And I think he is the, I think he's the biggest mastermind um, in wrestling history because of that, the fact he manages to somehow have a little tiny bit of, of relevancy to this day. Yeah, but definitely. what he was, was um, so he actually came up, um, he was the writer for WWF magazine yeah. in the early 90s. Um, now, what happened with the WWE, WWF at that point was um, they were going through a bit of a crisis. Now, the reason being is the Monday Night Wars had just hit. So WCW had just formed. They were starting to get some traction. Um, you know you know the whole nine yards of the Monday Night Wars. Everyone does. Well, you should do by now. But what was the problem was in WWF at the time, in the mid-90s, their creative, their product was at like an all-time low. Um, they had so many bad characters, like cartoon characters, um, you know, crowds were dwindling, and so much so that they hit a ratings low of 1.8 in, in 1996. So, have, have, have they got lower than that to this point? Have they? Is that their all-time low still? I think that's still their all-time low now. Like, I think they've they definitely gotten close. It's, and mm. to be honest, their ratings at the moment are like similar, so they all they're all like around that sort of two, two point something. So you know, our man Vince, he, he can. He, that's the thing with Vince Russo. He was credited as, as increasing the ratings. How he did that was with sort of car crash television. So, um, because he was the writer of the UF magazine, he was like he was introducing like he was um he was actually writing storylines like in the magazine of what he thinks would be good on the product. So Vince McMahon like took notice of this and was like, okay, we need something new, some ideas, some fresh ideas, something you know we've never seen before, something that can basically get our ratings back up and we can challenge WCW again. And uh, Vince Russo's idea of this was like Crash TV, basically, you know, massively inspired by the Jerry Springer show. Um, so a lot of swerves, sort of like like heel turns, you know, for no reason. A lot of profanity, so sexuality, you know. We can list off the amount of sexual characters. So Goldust, we have Val Venus, a porn star. We have The Godfather, a pimp. These are all brilliant Vince Russo ideas. Uh, yeah. Did you have a favourite character in that in that ilk? Um, I quite like the Godfather. The Godfather was a geezer. Um, like he he was a uh, Mark Mark Henry. I suppose you can throw him in there as well. The old sexual chocolate. Oh, I speaking with old women. <laughs> Never forget Vince Russo um, booked Mark Henry to uh, basically bang a ninety well eighty year old woman woman at that time in May Young. And they then yeah. had a very. They gave birth to their, their their baby, their hand. So when they gave birth to hand, it was a legendary moment in not even even in wrestling, but in life itself. That a couple, an interracial couple, one of thir- one someone who's thirty years old, one who's eighty years old, interracial couple, first ever time gave birth to a hand. And this is this is one example of the genius of Vince I still don't get that to this day. I still don't understand. Was that was that a pun? That, <laughs> I don't. I don't. What is he? No, I. I just. Thing? I just think it's genuine. Like just stupid. Like a lot of his storylines, like were just stupid. So like they had no. Yeah. So there was like 
no, there was no like figuring out, you know, what the start was and what the end was. It was just sort of like I'm going to go all in with something that would, something that's unpredictable. Basically, his whole thing was I'm going to shock the crowd. It shocked by unpredictability, and in that strange ass brain of his, he he wanted to see someone giving birth to a hand. I mean, he's, he had, do you think he's got some issues there, Louis? I've never wanted to see a, a hand coming out of of a woman's womb before. I don't know about you. No, I've never wanted to see a hand coming coming out. I mean, going in, it can be all right, but coming out is a weird one. But the, what what annoys what annoys, what what what, what, what I think is the epitome of like Vince Russo's like mentalness is if you watch WrestleMania 15. I think that's when he was at the height of his madness because on that show right there, you're talking about like nothing making sense and like car crash TV. Like you had Vince McMahon. He was in this big storyline with The Undertaker and The Undertaker was like kidnapped his daughter and we're all meant to feel sorry for, for Vince McMahon and he's crying and all of that. And um, and they have this match and then The Undertaker, he hangs someone in the middle of the <laughs> ring. No one's, no one's, no murder charges, nothing. <laughs> and then later on, very much the same show, about an hour later, He's he's meant to be the biggest villain in the world, and we're all meant to hate him because he's up against, he's the he's the antagonist of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this is this is uh, this has not happened like two months apart. It's just happened like two hours apart. This is, <laughs> it's like what's, what is going on here? It's funny that you mentioned that because that show I, I had that on VHS as, as a kid. That was one, like one of the very first videos, video tapes yeah. I had of a wrestling show. And I always remember that where like it's the big boss man, isn't it? Like the Undertaker hangs the big boss man in the middle of the ring after like a hell in a cell match. Disturbing. And I them. yeah, it used to scare the ever loving shit out of me. So scary. Yeah. Like I was just scared of Undertaker back in the day and Kane when I was a kid, especially Kane. I think one of the reasons was just seeing that on video. But um yeah, you're right. I don't know how they didn't get done for, for any murder charges at, at, at that point. But that's just um that's just another example of the craziness of, of Intruso. So if you look at two years before that, three years before that, when it was, you know, cartoony, um, appealing to kids, WWF, you know, Doink the Clown, character stuff like that. And then you fast forward three years and there's a hanging in the middle of the ring. Well, you know, Vince Russo is to, to thank for that. Definitely. And, and what something else, like, that we, we've left off that show as well that also happened, because when you watch that show and you're a kid, and you're thinking, like, it's all real, you, you, or, or, you know, part, part of it's real, like, you, you look, you, like, the hanging makes you sad, and you're like, oh, what's going on, that makes you horrified, and then when you find out more about the business, and you find out, you know, that, the, you know, kayfabe and all of that, it's the brawl for all that happens shortly <laughs> after or before that on the same show, that makes you go, oh, no, that's really sad, that's the real tragedy, <laughs> and that's at the height of it all, like, wrestlers, Fighting for real, but everyone's, but yeah, but everyone thought it, it wasn't real because they're. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this was nonsensical so much so that um, there's if you watch if you like documentaries, uh, Dark Side of the Ring is a good wrestling TV documentary. Season two is coming out. Like I think it's coming out today actually. Well, one of the episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, I actually already watched the um, first part on um, on Benoit and Eddie. I can send you the link oh. if you want it. It's on YouTube. Oh, definitely. Shit. Yeah, yeah I watched that on uh, Sunday. Oh, uh, nice. But, yeah, the second part should be out. I've only seen the first part, where it covers up to, like, Eddie's death and that. So fucking yeah. sad. Get the Kleenex ready, Lou, but not in the, the usual way. Oh, 
I always have Kleenex on me, to be fair. It's one of them, but even before the crisis, even before the lockdown, uh, they said, oh, it, you know, I, I already had all my hand gel and my bit, bit tissue on me already. I was fine. So we just want to say a disclaimer. Um, there's going to be a lot of that's why there were bollocks. There's going to be a lot of content from myself and Luke coming out over the next two weeks, however, however long we're in this crisis for. So if you are feeling bored, if you are feeling on the edge of, you know, getting that rope, tying it up on on the, you know on the ceiling and hanging hanging yourself um don't because we've got you back we've got your entertainment back and what, what better place to start than with with vince russo definitely and it's it's um yeah and 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 yeah don't 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 hang yourself um and and, and listen to the podcast more importantly yeah so you were discussing the um brawl for all so yeah. what Essentially, what it was was um, the 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 roster was growing on TV, so the WF okay. roster he was signing a lot of people at the time. So as a result, the idea came with this legit tough guy tournament. So it was a way to get the people on the bottom of the card, you know, the the lesser known wrestlers getting used at the time to utilize them in like an interesting tough man capacity. And apparently, Vince Russo came up with the idea um, to create it. It was like a hardcore wrestling division. Rusev said he devised the tournament as a consequence of Bradshaw claiming that he could beat anyone on the roster in a bar fight. So JBL is to thank as well for acting like he like JBL usually does and thinking he could take on anyone. So if we were to do an episode called "That's Why They Were Cunts," <laughs> first first series. Yeah. Oh God, that would be a a ten hour epic epilogue on on, on JBL. We'd have to do a revisit. He'd, he'd do something else. We'd like finish recording on the episode, and then a week later, he'd do something else, and you'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, the less talk about that cunt, the better. If I can yeah. But also, just while, while we're here talking about the, the crisis, like, I don't know about you, but I, I, I keep hearing, like, I think we're going to try as the best we can to take your minds off it and mention it as little as possible because every everywhere you turn it, for understandable reason. Everywhere you turn, it's just yeah, all about it. I'm glad so we're, we're gonna give you some solace from it. Yeah, I'm glad you're on the the, the same page. We're on the same page there because yeah. like I even had to say to to my girlfriend the other day, I was just like, oh, like can we just stop talking about it a bit? Because it's just like I remember I was in work one day last week and it was all anyone was talking about, and I thought I was gonna like, I swear, I just wanted to throw myself out of a, out of a window. I was just like, ah, I can't wait to get home and not talk and not hear anyone talk. Because so yeah, like you yeah, said, make sure we're going to population now. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad I am. So the brawl for all essentially was, yeah. um, it was a match. So it was basically like mini. It was like a boxer. It was their idea. So they wore boxing gloves, and it was their idea yeah. of a real fight. They treated it like it was boxing, boxing rules and boxing matches. So this is in a pro. Real, they were yeah, the that it was real, but it was. People thought it was fake because it was in a fake yeah. sport. You know, the logic. What? What? What was he thinking? What was know, he thinking? Yeah. He was trying to get in on the UFC. I reckon that that's what it was. Oh god! So apparently, oh, yeah. each match consisted of uh, three one-minute rounds, where whichever wrestler connected with the most punches per round scored five minutes. In addition, a clean yeah. takedown scored five points, and a knockdown was worth ten. If a wrestler was knocked out, the match ended. The matches were scored by ringside judges, including Gorilla Monsoon. Like, 
Oh, why is why do we want to see this shit in wrestling if we wanted to watch boxing? We'll go and watch yeah. boxing by real boxers. And, and and talking of of like Vince Russo sort of being a mark maybe for like uh, that's that's and it'd be a fun drinking game every time we say the word mark have a, have a, have a drink. But bro, mark for, shoot, <laughs> you don't understand. That is what they don't understand, bro. But, so Vince Russo loves the word bro, and in every single sentence that man speaks, he will say the word bro. It's like he will say the word bro, and here is what they don't understand. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is little, there are little Vince Russo nuances that if you, uh, if you don't, you never heard his voice before, you probably yeah. remember it now. You probably have heard him because he's the guy that says bro in every single sentence, and yeah, it it gets to the point where you just you want to you know. Tear your hair out a little bit, I think. Definitely, he's, he's the opposite to Barney. When Barney does it, it's, it's charming, mm. right? But but he's he's the opposite to that. But mm. yeah, but yeah. So talking of like of um, Vince Russo integrating like sort of fighting into wrestling and not turning out well, he wanted to put the, the WCW Championship, I believe, on Tank Abbott, who <laughs> was a, a a MMA fighter with not even not even a really great MMA fighter, to be honest with you. But he was in an episode of Friends, so he, he was, wanted yeah. to find the title on him. Oh yeah, you know what I learned as well um, today before all of you. Apparently, yeah. Dave Meltzer, yeah, he judged the very uh, UFC eighteen, like ninety seven or something. I think it was. Uh, he was the one of the. He was the very first judge. He was a judge on UFC on when the Finney first had judges. Oh really? That's yeah. mad. It's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. Shit, that's mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Brawl for All was apparently, Jim Cornette said it was the stupidest thing WWF has ever done. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> you got to talk about Vince Russo about talking about Jim Cornette. Like, is it? Yeah, it's the greatest love story ever told. Jim Cornette is a fascinating one because he could very well, he could end up in both categories. He could end up in, that's why they were quality and that's why they were bollocks. Yeah. He's... He's a very polarizing he, person <laughs> in a very different way. In a very different way, because he's more of like he's a historian and he like you know he respects the he's come from the business since he was you know he's been in since he was a kid. He's about the pure wrestling aspect, technicality, and then Vince Russo, and he's and he's like you know from the south of America, like really like hillbilly south type. Yeah. Um, and then Vince Russo comes along. So this is when Jim Cornette was was like one of the bookers. One of the writers, Jim Cornette, comes along. Uh, sorry, Vince Russo comes along. The polar opposites of Cornette. So he's from New York. He's got that New York bro ex accent. He's changing the business with car crash TV. He's, it's it's getting away from all the technical aspects of, of the of the rest and what it was brought up on. And then you get them in the room together, and uh, Jim Cornette wants to physically kill Vince Russo anytime they're in a room together. So, if you get that the chance, just just listen to a Jim Cornette shoot on Vince Russo. Speaking of ballless, gutless pricks, Vince Russo. Hello, Vince. Um, the ballless, gutless prick. Do you know how he quit the WWF? I think with Russo yeah. as well, he's a bit. Uh, I don't know. He's a, he comes across as a bit more brain dead. Like I don't know. Like the the angles that he's booked when you hear him in interviews and stuff, you're like, yeah, yeah yes, that makes that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's not very. Uh, intelligent man I don't, I don't i don't feel but yeah i mean right. there's so many so like this 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 so we've just covered there like obviously the attitude error now 
he did have his, his good. So that what it was was Vince Russo. He had Vince McMahon. So Vince Russo got he got um, he was the head writer. He got made the head head writer on Raw yeah. from like ninety seven all the way till ninety nine. So he was there writing when Stone Stone Cold was coming up at his peak. The Rock was coming up. Um, you know, or DX, um, often into you know what they did, but he had Vince McMahon there. So Vince McMahon, everyone used to say he was the filter. So Russo would bounce ideas off him, as stupid as they may be, and then as as good as they may be. Um, but Vince would be there. Vince McMahon would be there to filter him, and so um, anything that's you know absolutely batshit crazy, probably tweaked or just said no to. Uh, so you got to give Russo his, his props. I mean, especially for I think the biggest thing that he did yeah, was the evolution of Mick Foley. You know, mankind. So you know the way his character evolved and like the, the three faces of Foley. The fact that he got to do that on TV, a lot of that was yeah. down, uh, down to Russo. I never knew that was like. Um, obviously, I knew he was right at the time, but I never knew that was predominantly like his uh, his thing. Well, he just gave. Knew. He just they all had. A, I don't know because they all had a lot more free reign to to write book their own characters and. So yeah. there's a there's a there's a clip on Beyond the Mat. Do you remember the clip of Beyond the Mat documentary? Yeah, yeah. With Rousseau and Foley. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was that, that was like proof of that. But, I, but it, he, he did some genius stuff like 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 DX invading WCW was great. Um, but the This Is Your Life, like the Rock and Sock Connection stuff, like you get any like it, there's a reason it was like the golden era. It was it was that for a reason. So, like a lot of it was hilarious. Yeah, and, and um, he's just getting his, his penis chopped off on live TV. <laughs> I chop it, chop it, your pee pee. And it's racist as well. And like, it's extremely it, well. The thing is. Like the main event stuff, yeah, that was all like it was that was down to it was good and it was like popular and and it was so over, like crowds are there popping hard. But a lot of it was down to the actual stars, I think. So that's what people say. It's like, you know, how much of it was the actual writing or was it just because of the stars that they were allowed to get over? I think that's the that's the argument that's made. And then when you look down the bottom of the card, the the likes, you know, like we mentioned Val Venus, the porn star, like trying to chop this you know, an Asian fella's going to chop his penis off. And there was a lot of, like, racial stereotypes. And when you look down the bottom of the car, there was so many storylines. Like, do you remember the one with Terry Runnels? She was pregnant. Oh, the abortion angle, yeah. Yeah, the abortion angle. Then I think she ended up falling off the steps and had a miscarriage and, like... Yeah, Milo Brown, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I don't think he was this genius. You know, like, people say, so the ratings might have spiked from 1.8 to, like whatever sixes and there was like 10 million people watching but that was yeah. down to the stars i don't think that was down to russo personally and that's the thing like all of this was happening like at, at, that, at his height when he was he, the height of what people could have the, the claims call him a genius for he was still doing like these abortion angles wife beating angles <laughs> yeah. but then when it then then came the real downward slope when he went to wcw yeah and absolutely just wreaked carnage on the business like that we still feel today that Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah so obviously with when he was at wwf he had so many other people around genius minds around like vince mcmahon pat patterson all that all them types of people so he'd probably come up with a lot of shit and they and he get rejected but he goes to wcw moves there in 1999 now the reason he moves there is because their ratings are going down 
and WWF went up and he's like, I just, I need a new challenge, bro. I want to take the company um, up from the bottoms, the bottom and make it, make it up to the top again. Like, bro. So he's like, he's wanting to do basically what he did, what he thinks he did with WWF to WCW. So they give him money at stake as well a lot oh yeah oh yeah yeah completely so that so all the masterminds wcw thought it was vince russo it was all on him so what they do they hire him that's right yeah so we can't talk about russo without ed ferrara ed ferrara was like his boy um like what was he what would you call him i don't know like his his sort of assistant was it his assistant or was it like just his co-writer i guess yeah, he was he was like like Vince Russo is the one who like I think got him in like if I'm right I think it was Vince Russo the one who actually like got him like involved in WWE. But I think when they were writing they were doing it like an equal share. Like I'd say that they were like they were like a, like um like like yeah writing team like um yeah. So Ed Ferrar actually he was working he he was actually he worked in television so like he was a, produ- a producer yeah. and a writer so he contributed to shows like Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Mm. Probably the best thing he's ever contributed to. Yeah, I think he, he did do some like US sitcoms and stuff like that. Hmm. Like All in the family or something. Did he do that? Something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. But that's that's the thing as we're seeing to this day. So in like WWE now, they've got like forty writers, people that have contributed to television shows. Yeah, but it doesn't matter in wrestling like that. It doesn't translate. It doesn't work. Like yeah. it's just totally different ball game wrestling and TV. Like it can be a TV show, but you're booking it, you're writing it as wrestling, and all these writers they have in WWE now, you know, writing for it, they, they just they don't have a clue about wrestling and how, and like how it should work because it should be easy and and logical and simple like that. It's not it's not this complex thing where you've got to have a million ideas wrestling. It's really not. Definitely, yeah. It's um. It's one of them, man. It's just the tragedy is we, we actually did have like a real wrestling fan who was, you know, going to become a writer in Patrice O'Neill. And then uh, sadly, he's, he's, well, he, he didn't, wasn't a writer for very long, but sadly, he's also no longer with us. So, wasn't he there like a day? Yeah. I was about <laughs> to say, my argument doesn't really hold weight. It was like, oh, yeah, he was got to be great, then he died. He wasn't there very long anyway. Yeah. No, because he couldn't. <laughs> That's a whole different, different ball game. No, don't want to uh, put people on a downer in, in this time of need, like we said. We're trying not to be as depressing as possible, although, although if Louis mentions last time he, he had sex, then, then maybe. I might as well just start saying five years now, because it's not going to happen between now and May, is it? So, five years! I know, and it's going to be, it could be a lot longer with this whole uh, lockdown business. That's the thing. I've been practicing self isolation for years. So That's I'm true. Fine with it. That's true. Yeah. You know, it was another one who writer for WWE. It was like from Hollywood, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a weird yeah, thing to imagine. Yeah. And it, there was that comedian as well who, um, the one who he goes on Joe Rogan quite a bit, um, Scott something. I can't remember his name, but he, he was he was he's like this stand up comedian. He was like, going to be a writer for WWE as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but, well, well, if like, we don't want to talk about tragedy, but there is one tragedy we'll have to talk about before we move on from um, his WWE days. And uh, that's that's Owen Hart. And uh, and many people, it's debatable, you could say, what's the reason for what happened? But basically, 
Vince Russo pitched an angle to Owen Hart shortly before the incident, uh, where he basically pitched an angle to Owen Hart where he um, he wants him to like, be in this angle, like this sort of sexual angle. With, I can't remember who the 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 woman was, and uh, and and Owen Hart was like, "No, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm married with kids. I don't want to do mm, it." Yeah. And as the story goes, when Vince Russo then pitched the idea of because he made him this character called the Blue Blazer at the time, and um, he wanted Owen to sort of repel from the ceiling by this this kind of this wire. And people, some people have said, well, Owen Hart has said no to the other idea, so he felt like he couldn't say no to this one. And so even though he didn't want to do it, he did it. And then sadly, as we know, he went up and the harness broke and he sadly fell to his death. Um, and some people, including Roddy Piper on a live segment in TNA, have blamed uh, Vince Russo for this. And I don't know, where do you stand? Do you reckon you could lay the blame at Vince Russo for this without, in, in the least slanderous way possible, <laughs> without us getting sued? So we don't have legal representation. <laughs> I think Martha Hart would probably be on our side here. So, you know, yeah. you'd be all right. But it's so hard. It's such a complicated, like, it's quite complex matter, isn't it? Obviously, but like, at the end of the day, he's the writer. He's, he's writing Owen Hart. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world at that point. You know, amazing talents in the ring. He's writing him to be a, a comic book, like comedy job, basically the Blue Blazer, like, mm-hmm. and to come down from the rafters. But it was coming down from the rafters in a joking way. So it was, it was. But he was professional Owen, so obviously he agreed to it. But I'm not going to sit. I'm going to sit here and say, you know, Vince Russo is the reason Owen died, because that'd be that'd be pretty heavy. But like, yeah. If there's one person who you could blame, and again, I'm not blaming anyone because because overall we don't want to get sued. <laughs> the most the most likely case you could say is the people who did the harness, because that's ultimately what went wrong. Like if this went off without a hitch, and it would it would have been it would have been a great segment. You know, that would have been that would have been hilarious if if it would have worked. But um, but yeah, it, you could say what ultimately went wrong was the harness. But then you could get into or who are the people who hired them, like you know. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's complicated. Very complicated. But I just, I just say, look, it's Vince Russo's fault, not his death. But it's his shitty booking. Um, it, it's his shitty booking again coming into play. Now it's not, it's he's not to be blamed for a death, but it, it shouldn't. He shouldn't have been booked that way. So uh, yeah. you know, it, it's just another another example of um. No, yeah. of the genius that is him now another one I'm just, <laughs> I remember so like Russo he got to the WCW it was like late to 1999 one of the first yeah. things that he booked was uh, so Jushin Liger he was the uh, junior IWGP junior heavyweight championship so this is how big yeah. WCW was yeah they were like having title titles from New Japan defended on, on their show then yeah. Now, um, in the same night, Liger um, lost the title and regained it. The the um, the title reign isn't recognised by New Japan. The reason being is Liger lost the title to Juventud Guerrero, who's also a luchador, after being hit over the head with a tequila bottle. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I was mentioning those racial stereotypes before. There's, yeah. there's, there's another one. Well, and that's 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 a convenient time to to bring up talking of like tequila bottles and just household objects. 
He had, he had, he had a proclivity for doing um, the stipulation, the pole match. The pole match. His favourite is Baby. It was his... his you know, we had Dusty yeah. Rhodes in the War Games. We had Vince McMahon in the Hell in a Cell. And we had Vince Russo and the pole matches. He, he liked a good pole more than uh, a local MP. He, 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 <laughs> he, he, he that's, that's the closest we'll get to satire on this show. Um, <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, everything, like, was it Judy Bagwell on a pole? Did you say Pinata on a pole? Um, yeah, there was mental. a Judy. Well, no, there was a special Judy Bagwell on a forklift. forklift so, yeah. so he realised, you know, how much of a hit his pole matches were. He loved a good pole, did Vince? He loved a good pole. Yeah. But then, you know, he, he, you know, what he discovered after yeah. that, his love of forklifts. He's love forklift. I was about to say Judy Bagwell on a pole. That might not have been a wrestling match, but but that's probably like a very specialist uh, category on a website. <laughs> very much be a, a porn fetish but um <laughs> you've probably searched that before on porno if i went through your porno history you've definitely trying to get pictures of judy bagwell well i mean you know if you, you, you can find them uh, i know what the logo <laughs> the logo for this show is judy bagwell <laughs> on all fours but, uh, you try to do that on photoshop i think they just cancel your account <laughs> but they, um, yeah, he, he used to, yeah, ridiculous that the, um, Viagra on a pole, did we mention that as well? Oh, yeah, that's right. One of the, one of the all-time classics was the Viagra on a pole match. Yeah. Mm. Just ri- ridiculous. He, he would do stuff like, the whole way, like, like, Bret Hart came over, and, um, I mean, when he came over, they, they kind of already messed him up. But he didn't. He didn't help. He he he, he continued the, the mismanagement of Bret Hart into his uh, WCW run. Oh yeah, like like hands yeah. down. He didn't know what to do um, with his with his talent as well. So like that was another thing about Vince Russo. Like he, he had. So this is him with all the reins. He's booking all these absolute ludicrous matches like Viagra on a pole. Like what's you know what's that got to do with wrestling? What's what's Viagra got to do with wrestling? You know. But then there's also like the talent aspect of it, like managing talent and that sort of thing. So his first run, so he had his, he had two runs as WCW Booker. His first run, I think he lasted like five, six months. Yeah. Because um, I think, I mean, there was so much stuff. I mean, do you remember the one with the Ric Flair and he, he got sent to the uh, insane asylum? I, see, that's the thing. I didn't watch it at the time, but I have heard about it, yeah. Yeah, so he sent Ric Flair to an insane asylum. You know, you've got the greatest wrestler of all time on your, on your roster. Yeah. And you're we sending him. We'll do an episode about very soon. We, we will. And he won't be on a bollocks episode, believe you me. No, he will not. No, he's not because he's got a big pair of bollocks, but he's not bollocksy as a person. Exactly. If we talk about his personal life, then, well, you know, it's up for debate. But when it comes to his work, one of the greatest. Mm. I think one of the biggest instances with the. With, uh, with Rousseau that I'd like to sort of go a little bit in depth on was the one at Bash at the Beach 2000. Well, I was just about to say, before you say that, we've, we've talked a lot about how, so, so far what we've talked about is Vince Rousseau, how the way he's booking made wrestling look quite unrealistic and, and phony. But the worst, the worst thing that he'd done was actually tell the audience this is not real. That he didn't just book stuff that was unrealistic. He blat- he blatantly just went out and just said to everyone, right, everything you've watched, 
right, this, that didn't happen. Oh, yeah, this thing, this thing's real. But all of that, that's just, that's just all bollocks. Goldberg uh, refused to follow the script. <laughs> what will happen to Bill Goldberg when he refuses to follow the script? And, and, and yeah, as you say, yeah, Bash of the Beach, yeah, that, that's just the epitome of that, isn't it? Yeah, so what he liked to, so his whole thing was, um, Making like trying to outsmart wrestling fans, like not not appealing to them, not like giving them a good show. He would try and outsmart like smart wrestling fans who like who knew it was fake and like knew the the inside and and the you know like the the backstage stuff of it all. He was trying to play a trick on them by saying, "Look, I like we all know this is fake, or uh, that bit's that bit's fake, that bit's fake, but no, this bit is real." So it's like it's called a shoot. Um, his whole thing was was it was just an absolute mind fuck. Like I mean, what what's your stance? That like how can your stance be? Look, I'm going to try and outsmart the people that are watching my product. And how can it, how can you be enjoy that? It's, it's one of them where it's like sometimes I'll be watching those those Jim Cornette shoots. And I'm like, oh, it's a bit harsh. And then I remember I can actually understand why Jim Cornette probably does hate this guy because like you're giving your whole life. To, to this business and then you've got this writer who just basically comes and shits all over it just comes and just 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 as you say just 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 says to everyone yeah this is this is not real just blatantly on tv it's just he, he's ruined it he's, i mean yeah you eventually like you all come to the conclusion oh yeah you know it's this you know some of this is yeah and, exactly you know, but i i don't want to hear that it's like you're watching yeah. a film or you're watching a yeah, tv exactly. show and like i don't know Say for example, Obi Wan's about to say, you know, I'm I'm not about to 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 chop his head off with me lightsaber. I'm not about, you know, I'm not about to destroy Anakin, even though he has the high ground. I'm about to do it, but um, it's it you know it's fake. This isn't a real lightsaber. It's like that's what he's telling you by saying Goldberg forgot to follow the script. How will we punish him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, there's a reason they don't put bloopers at the end of break of a Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> completely ruin the whole fucking thing. Definitely. So, like you said, it's the epitome with this incident. So it's Bash at the Beach 2000. Yeah. So Russo was involved in an incident with Hulk Hogan, where Hogan yeah. was booked to lose a match against reigning world champion Jeff Jarrett. Hogan refused to lose the match, invoking his contract's creative control clause to override Russo. So this is backstage, this is, this is real. Due to Russo's apparent lack of direction for Hogan's character following the plan loss, in the end, Russo booked Jarrett to literally lie down for Hogan, which resulted in Hogan doing a worked shoot on Russo, Russo saying that's why this company is in the damn shape it's in, because of bullshit like this. So this is... So it's a work, a work. So his he spawned the this term work to shoot basically. So yeah. it was um, I'm gonna make this look as real as possible. Like go like 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 it's again the script, but it's actually real. So again, I'm gonna try and outsmart these fans by making it look like it's going against the script. When in reality, like it's it's between a couple of us. It's actually in the script. It's like mm-hmm. fucking hell. I'm watching. I'm watching like. You know, dudes fake fighting spandex and, and baby oil. Like, what? Why do I need to be mindful like this? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just be- betrayed the trust of the uh, the wrestling fan. The wrestling say. fan. The even and then like the locker room in the back. So like probably most of the people in the locker room wrestlers in the back didn't know 
this was going to go down. This is probably just between a, f- a few, you know, Jarrett and Hogan. Um, so, so he lays down in the ring, uh, Jarrett does, and Hogan pins Jarrett with just his foot on his chest. So it wasn't a proper pin, so just his foot's on his chest. So Russo will come out later in the show to nullify the results of the match, and he publicly fired Hogan. This action restored the title to Jarrett, which set up a new title match between Jarrett and Booker T, with the latter winning the match and the title. Um, as Russo promised, Hogan never resurfaced in WCW and even filed a lawsuit against Russo for defamation of character, which was dismissed in 2003, stating the charges filed against Russo were groundless and were just part of a wrestling storyline. So, yeah, I mean, there's just there's so much to this because, like, there's like, you, so you've got like Hogan and Russo. They say that like they didn't agree to do that, but so I think Russo says they agreed to do that, and Hogan says they didn't agree to to do that. So I don't know what do you, do you think that was all planned, like for him to lay down, and then it's so confusing. But that's the thing. It's like yeah, like um, Russo's story is that he was what he what was to happen. It's everything went into plan up until. After Hulk Hogan left, Vince Russo was meant to <clears throat> meant to call him and say mm. something like, um, he's meant to basically call him and like, you know, sort out the final details about Hulk Hogan's to come back and have, and because Hulk Hogan didn't want to drop the title, so this workaround was like the only way to get Hulk Hogan w- without, you know, leave to get Hulk Hogan leaving the building without the title. So apparently, after Hogan left, Russo was meant to call him and say like, um, oh yeah, here's what we're gonna do moving forward. And then Russo says it's because the fact he didn't call Hulk that it led to this whole whole lawsuit. And there you go, a petty phone call. If you just would have picked up the blower, this would have all been avoided. You would have been, you wouldn't have been out of pocket, Russo. Or maybe Hulk Hogan was on EE and he just got bad reception. Maybe that was it. Or he had he had a shitty contract and he just he just died. Maybe. Well, I'm on an E and I can vouch for that. Signal can be I'm shite. Actually, but yeah. he might have had Tesco minutes, though. What do you think about that? And he just, you know, he only had 100 minutes on his phone and just... Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. The moral of the story is, is get get yourself a better phone carry. That's it, mate. And, and you know, that's yeah. it. Exactly. So I think one of the uh, the other main things about Russo, the big one, was the, the, the world title changes. Yes. Yeah. So, like a wrestling world title, it's supposed to be. It's you know, it's it's not a real world title, like a you know, say a UFC, you know, heavyweight championship or whatever, like you know. But you're supposed to protect it. It's supposed to be prestigious. You know, you're supposed to. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to have you know, like a champion that's worthy of being called a champion, and he's he's important because he's had the belt, and no one can take it off him. You know, the, you know, the likes of Ric Flair and Hogan, and you know, they held titles for years. Uh, and then Vince Russo enters the mix, and again, completely goes against the grain, against the tradition of wrestling, and he. Uh, and he hot shot the title. I think there was a was it? I think there was twenty eight title changes in like three weeks at one point. It's something like that. I think it's like there was like twenty five in a year, or it was something it was ridiculous like that. It was some of, some of the people he's put the title on include um, Scott Steiner, um, which you know is a bit mental, but you know it's all right. Fucking um, what's it? David Arquette, the and, actor, uh, the actor that was with. It was with Monica from Friends, people. Yeah. 
I did, did one for him. To be fair, apparently he was a, he's a lovely guy. Apparently, no, nothing, yeah. said, nothing bad about the geezer. Apparently, he gave all the money he made from from his run to charity. So he did. He was, a, he was a nice guy. David but Arquette's not, not bollocks. Guy. He's also a wrestler now. You know, I don't know. He's got a documentary coming out because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's he's been doing like independent wrestling. So fair play to him. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he he loves he loves wrestling. Like he he's a wrestling fan. So you can't hate on. And he he didn't want it. He didn't he didn't pitch for it. But it was because he was in this film called Ready to Rumble, and it was basically that promotion for the film that they did it. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. it's not even a case of who held it. It's so it's more along the lines of like how many days they held it for. So if you kind of look where he's he's coming into play. So I remember when DDP won the title the first time. Yeah. Great moments. Beat Hogan, Randy Savage, Sting. Held that title for 15 days. Yeah. Sting beat him on an episode of Nitro. So it's another yeah. thing. So with wrestling, uh, belts, ch- titles changing hands, they should, you know, re- they should normally change hands on a pay-per-view. You know, you build up the match, the feud, you get people invested, bang, there's the match, give it to him on a platter, title change, you know, big celebration. But oh no, not with all, not with old Vince, bro. Not with old Vince. It was yeah. change time, change, change, change hands twice on a nitro for all we care. It's madness, absolute madness. So Sting had a, um, a less greater than one day title reign because Sting beat Diamond Dallas Page on an episode of Nitro, and Diamond Dallas Page won it back on the same Nitro. Kevin Nash then held it for sixty three days. Randy Savage won it from him, held it for one day. Hogan Jesus. then won it, 62 days. Long one, long one for the Robins. Yeah. You had Sting then win it, then he got vacated. You had Bret Hart win it, who held it for 29 days. Yeah. Um, Chris Benoit, he won it, held it for one day. Sid Vicious won it on Nitro, one day. <laughs> Kevin Nash won it on Thunder. Thunder's their secondary show. Yeah. Less than a day. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, eight days. DDP again, one day. David Arquette, to be fair, David Arquette, 12 days. He he's, he held on to it longer than, than Jeff Jarrett did, and DDP, fair play to him. He defended it, I think. He did have a title defence under his belt. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I remember he lost it in the Triple Cage match. Jeff Jarrett, eight days. Yeah. Ric Flair, seven days. Jeff Jarrett, one day. Kevin Nash, eight days. Ric Flair, one day. <laughs> Booker T, 50 days. Kevin Nash, you know, the, it just goes on and on. Like, it's just... He, the comparison from when yeah. he takes over in 99. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to say? No, sorry, I was about to say that. One, one thing to add on to all of that is that with everything that we've mentioned... Like you touched briefly on the swerve, but it just draws to 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 attention with David Arquette. It's like you think some of you could be thinking, "Oh yeah, that's a good storyline." You know, this unknown actor he comes in there, wrestling fan wins the title. He then he turns out to be a bad guy after all. He's like every time Vince Russo does a story that you could have, you could think, "Oh yeah, this is quite good." He'll flip it on his head and make a swerve. And I think that's one of the things that makes him truly bollocked. And I think that's the prime example of it there. Yeah. So you would see, like, obviously good guys, bad guys. You would see them switching incessantly, like sometimes yeah. twice in, in the same show. So he's just trying to swerve the audience again, make everything yeah. as unpredictable as possible. And it's like, okay, a bit of unpredictability is, is cool and all. 
but you know it's got to make sense and sometimes you know if you're doing it that much it, it actually angers and frustrates people and that's eventually what happens so w, wcw's audience ends up dwindling to an extreme level and people can say it's because of this because of that at the end of the day it was because of the product because the product became shit and that's down to Vince Russo and his, his strange ways. Definitely. It's, yeah, it's, um, it, it makes you, firstly, it confuses you because it's just, it's sometimes it's so hard to like follow, like if everyone's switching all the time, it's so hard to follow it, but it just betrays all of, all of like the effort and time you've invested into a storyline. Yeah. They just suddenly flip it on its head. Like another one was the Stephanie McMahon, and uh, Triple H storyline with Vince McMahon, where you had Vince McMahon f- fighting for his daughter's honour. He was in this thirty-five minute match with Triple H, fighting all over the building. You know, you've invested with this this bad guy who everyone hated, and then it, it, and and you were like, oh, you know, you know, he's got to save Stephanie, poor Stephanie. And it turns out Stephanie was in cahoots with Triple H all along, and 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 Stephanie's getting Vince back. For another Vince swerve, when Undertaker held Stephanie mm. hostage, but it turns out Vince was working with the Undertaker. <laughs> Even yeah. though, like, the entire storyline was about, like, I've got to protect Stephanie, I have to protect her. So he's bringing in, like, what his thing was bringing in all the soap opera, like, a lot of soap opera aspects to wrestling. And there was this one with, like, Vince protecting Stephanie from the Undertaker yeah. and, and the Ministry of Darkness. And then, like, go out there. And he's under a hood, and it's like, and, and it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is great for a meme, but <laughs> fucking like, great meme. Yeah. What's that, sir? That's a fucking great meme, though. It is. And uh, and we we haven't even talked about his time in TNA. I think no, because it's just. The thing with T- the thing with the TNA one, like it was, it was horrendously bad, and like you can look back on it now, and it's it's still bad. But with a lot of the WCW stuff, yeah, you look back on it, and it's terrible. But it's so funny as well. Like you, you can laugh at it, you know, when you watch a film or whatever, and it you, it's so bad that you like it and you enjoy it. That yeah. that late those last couple of years of WCW, it, it genuinely was that with Russo in charge. It was such a fucking train wreck. It was terrible. It was bollocks. And it put the company yeah. out of business at the end of the day. It's still quite funny. And the, the the icing on the cake, the the biggest icing, I think, the biggest cherry on, on top, was Vince Russo himself. Books writes himself. He's not a wrestler, never never wrestled before, never competed, to win their world championship. So he becomes a world champion. And, and he wins the world title by getting speared through a cage. So he wins the world title without performing in an offensive move. <laughs> yeah, this is a world title, folks. This is not like a fucking, you know, a job title. But, you and know... It wasn't just one cage. There were three cages stacked on top of one another. Yeah. Do you know what was funny about that as well? He had like a... Um, didn't he have like an ice... Like a helmet on? And like some sort of like ice... Yeah, like he was dressed as a hockey player. It was just yeah. so bad, so hokey. Oh, yeah. you, you have to go and watch that event and just watch Vince Russo win the world title. And it's yeah. funny, you know, because you got all these like, you know, amazing wrestlers, like you know, one some of the greats, and all just staring around, looking at each other, like, what the fuck is going on? What have we, what have we signed up for here? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's 
it's, it's madness. It's absolute madness. Hmm. So there we go. I mean, it sort of describes. I think that 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 sums everything up about Rince Rishon in a nutshell. As he, you know, he wrote, he wrote, wrote written himself to to be their world champion. He held it for seven days. Uh, he's already won on Nitro and then vacated it. But still, he uh, he did that. And um, I don't know. That was in September two thousand, and WCW then went out of business in March two thousand one. So I don't know. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Definitely. And I, I think what was what is great about having Vince Russo for the first episode is is that all the while while we're talking about this, I've just been thinking in my head, watching this on TV, like imagine you having to just dis- like describing like say like you're with your mate and they like left the room and you're like, oh what happened just now oh vince russo won the world title like what their reaction would have been oh what a load of old bollocks oh what it, it turned out to be vince all along oh what a load of old bollocks he was the death what he did was the definition of a load of old bollocks a load of old bollocks and there was there was more bollocks to come after that i mean just roughly so after wcw closed and um, he sort of went off the grid and then he got hired by tna TNA, mm. he done a lot of bollocks there, a lot of shite. One of them was something called a last rights match yeah, <laughs> yeah. between Abyss and Sting. Uh, in the match, yeah. there was chance by the fans of Fire Russo. It r- erupted <laughs> the arena. Uh, you've also got an electrified steel cage match that he invented. So you would literally, <laughs> if you got thrown against it, you'd, you know, you'd electrocute yourself like... A bit dangerous, you know, trying to protect these wrestlers, trying to protect your talents. Blimey. Well, the good thing was is there was no electricity, so they actually had to switch the lights on and off in the building, and the wrestlers <laughs> would just have to shake while they played the sound effect. <laughs> oh, God, could it get any more Russo? I, I feel like Russo could, could be used as an adjective, you know, going forward. You know, <laughs> you know, instead of that's why they're bollocks, it could just be that's why, that's why they were Russo. That, that was so Russo there. It's fucking Russo, isn't it? What, what a load of Russo. <laughs> Every time someone misses a penalty, he's Russoed it over the bar. <laughs> and my favourites, I've got big Russos. <laughs> and probably the worst one of all is, do you remember the reverse Battle Royal? Oh, shit. So that's the thing. There was a, that was stage one of the tournament, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Bollocks on top of bollocks. <laughs> so the, the the basically, you know the rules of a battle royal. Everyone does. Everyone knows a royal rumble. You know, you toss your you start in the ring. You know, people come down, and you toss your opponents over the top rope. You know, it's simple. But oh no, not with not with Russo. He done it. He Russo did, and he uh, he reverses the match, and makes creates a reverse battle royal. So you start on the apron of the ring. Okay. And then you have to toss your opponent into the ring. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, I did something very similar with my action figures, but I was about nine. <laughs> I, 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 I'd have thought it, you know, I'd, if I'd have been, I'd, I'd, I'd have known better today. Good old pain, eh? Still running strong to this day. We, we, never, we never put David Arquette to be world champion. No, we didn't. No, you would, I mean, to be a better writer, better booker than Vince Rousseau. I think so. There was many times I was tempted, you know, my my, my, um, my Doctor Who figure, should I book David Tennant to, to, to have the world title? 
And I said, no, it wouldn't make any sense stick with the IC son. There we go. And I've I've had many, I've played many games of all um, Extreme Warfare Revenge and Total Extreme yeah. Wrestling. I've booked many companies, I've booked my own promotions before, and I can say without a, a matter of fact, yeah. I am a better booker than Vince Russo. I've never booked a real wrestling show in my life, yeah. But mm. I'd be I'd be bollocks, but I'd be less bollocks than this man. Definitely. Um but yeah, I mean somehow he lasted like six years in TNA as a head creator writer. Yeah. I, it's no question he TNA's best. Beshi- he- well. What was that? Did he, did he, like, was he there and then he, he was, like, fired or he left and then was he brought back again or something like that? Yeah, so <laughs> this is a, a lull TNA moment. So they got rid of yeah. him. He stepped down in 2011-12. And then um, PW Insider claimed Russo had been working as a consultant secretly for them. Russo denied the reports. Um. But on July 15th, PW Insider reports that Russo had accidentally sent an email to them. So he accidentally sent an email to a wrestling website, a news website, with instructions on how TNA's commentators work. As a result, after trying to state that he wasn't involved with TNA, Russo admitted on his website that he was already working as a consultant for TNA. (laughs) So he was supposed to be this secret consultant sending an email. To a, a wrestling news website and then and then denies it and then it's like oh yeah I, I am actually just hilarious. He's, he's mental. <laughs> just yeah. He's uh, just bollocks. It's just straight bollocks. It is, and that's I don't know that sort of sums up his career. I mean career highlights, Lou. Any career highlights for for, for the man? Um, I don't. Well, what would you do? Maybe like one good thing and one bad thing that he's done. Oof. I mean, one bad thing. I yeah, mean, that, the worst thing and the best thing. Okay. Right. Hmm. I'd say, I'd say for me, the, the best thing would be like, if, if if he did have that like, primary role in that, you know, Mick Foley development there, yeah. then I, I'd say, yeah, he's worked with Mick Foley, but probably the best thing he's done, maybe. Yeah. And then the worst thing he's done, I'd have to say... It's. I think when you have commentators saying, "What what happened there? It wasn't in the script. It wasn't in the script." Yeah. Uh, that that's just all of that. Every kind of moment where someone has basically <laughs> says, "It wasn't meant to take the pin." Uh, <laughs> that's basically going. You know, all this. If a, if a writer does a script, yeah, writes a script, yeah. and they're like halfway through the show, you're like, ah. Oh, Fuck this! Just rips the, the script up on screen and says, "Um, you know, this is, this is, this is all make believe." You know, I don't yeah. actually believe in, in any of my integ. I don't have in any integrity. I don't have. I haven't worked hard. That's what that's doing. Definitely. So, so they're they're two good ones for me. So like, I quite liked when he first came in in '97. I noticed what they did is they had like this gang warfare type thing oh, where the um yeah so like the. So basically, they put um, wrestlers into factions. Everyone on the roster went into like different factions. You had like the Nation of Domination. You know, you had DX. You had like DOA, the Disciples of. Can't remember. But yeah, they were all like sort of um, segregated yeah. into into factions, yeah. and you know, it was like a gang warfare type of thing. I quite that was quite cool because it's similar to like what New Japan do now. I think that was yeah. his idea. So the the good thing about Russo, I'll be I'll give him this. Yeah, he always tried 
to get is to have his talent, something to work with. So even if you were like a lower guy, he'd always give you something. Now, a lot of it was shit. A lot of it was shite. But he, he did try. And to, even if you were like lowest on the card, if you were a jobber, if you whatever, he tried to give you something. But I don't know if that was that good because you can't give everyone else's problem. He tried to cram so much into this product. It was just so much. One of the best things he did, I reckon, was the job squad because uh, you had these these people here, here who were as wrestlers they were actually good in ring hands, but their characters were going nowhere. So what do they all have in common? They're jobbers. Well, let's just make that into an angle, like something like that, where he literally was using every kind of resource to to get people doing stuff. I reckon that, that that's some clever thinking. So some of that, as you say, like getting everyone doing something, I reckon. That, that is a good thing that he's done. Definitely. Now, the worst thing I think he's done, it might not even have anything to do with... I mean, it was on the product, but it's yeah. more of like a personal attack. So what he did is uh, him and Ed Ferrara's boy, uh, they were on oh. WCW television, yeah. and they proceeded to mock JR, Jim Ross, and okay. take the, and put, put Ed Ferrara was basically mocking him. He was at the commentary table. And he took the piss out of JR's Bell's palsy, started speaking like, like this is mouthless here, man. Oh, good old JR. Oh, God. It's a slobber knocker. He was doing all that. I had like a, like a, a little hat on. He's basically, yeah, so mocked him completely. But he'd just been like diagnosed with Bell's palsy. He had like a near, basically a stroke. So he's like, because it's the competition at the time, he's like, okay, go out there. Just take the piss out of it. A man that nearly died. Go on. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. That is that is a good one. There. It's probably the most distasteful thing in wrestling. I mean, that's probably a hard thing to say, still, you know. But one of the most distasteful things that's ever been done. So if you get if you, if you get a chance, look at that because it's fucking. Everyone knows Jr. But you don't. You probably don't know that they've WCW took the actual absolute piss out of him on air. It's one of them where even the, the like the co commentators at the time where it was happening, they could even tell. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is bad. Hmm. This is very bad. I'm a bad man. <laughs> but yeah, as we wind down, Lou, um, mm. yeah, Vince Russo then, what do you think? Geezer or a bollocks man? Well, I would not call him a geezer. I mean, I'm happy he's found religion and what have you. You know, good luck to him. But, but no, he's not. He's, yeah, a load of old bollocks. I would agree. I think on the bollocks scale, he is. Um, this, I think he's a hairy watermelon, and that's like, that's like the 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 big the fair the biggest bollocks you could get. I think a hairy watermelon. That that's my rating of of Vince Russo. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, that was our first. That's why they were bollocks. So uh, join us next time. I'm sure we'll cover some some other hairy watermelons, maybe some you know clean shaven. Uh, peaches or plums but it won't be a bit, a bit big of a douche as, as Vince Russo but they might be so just just stay tuned for the especially for the for the scale stay tuned for the scale definitely as long as as long as the world's been around there has been bollocks and, and they will continue to be so oh, no. and I've got two right now hey, I think I have two I don't know I've not used them in a while Right, so well, uh, yes, and catch us on. Um, that's that's why they were quality as well for the uh, the next tribe parts because they're coming soon as well. Definitely. So uh, see you later. Peace out.